Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. I'm going to preach for just a few minutes today, and it's quite a challenge to me. Um, because I've, I've been for almost 40 years um, putting together at least two messages a week um, for all that time. And, and God obviously knew what was going on, and, and uh, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't have the kind of, didn't have the kind of time um, that, I, that I would normally take. And so I was back and forth. And in fact, um, I don't know what day it was this week, but it finally, just like God dropped this on me, I was sitting in the cancer center. And, and all of a sudden, I just knew what I was supposed to preach. And so I'm typing away, you know, I'm sitting in a corner. Same day I helped that little old lady that some of you are in in Sunday school, heard that story, but I'm typing away, and I'm thinking, man, this is great, way to go, God, this is going to be great, and I'm just typing this stuff out, I went over it again on probably Thursday, and I sent it to, to Jeremy on Friday, maybe, and said, hey, I'm going to preach this, and I'm sitting in the back this morning, and God said, I told you what to preach, and you didn't want to, so I'm going to preach what I have ready for next week. And, and I'm going to preach what God told me to preach. This, I thought it was just for me. And uh, evidently not. So if you have a Bible or a device you're addicted to, um, you can turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. I love, I love the prophetic books um, because that's how God speaks to me a lot. And so I, I like the experience of being with him as he talks in ways to help us understand what the spirit world looks like. So anyway, if you find Ezekiel 47, you got a Bible like mine, it's page 1152. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, for this time, for your word, for how powerfully you speak to us. We just thank you as we come together in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me make a couple of comments ahead of time. God isn't trying to help us understand what's happening in the world. Most of our life is spent asking, a portion of our life is spent asking God to explain to us what's happening in the natural world. God isn't trying to help us understand the natural world. He's trying to help us understand the spirit and the invisible world that we all deal with. And many of us spend a lot of time going, well, now this happened, and they're talking about a natural thing, and so that must mean this. And we spend a lot of time basically guessing about what God is saying or doing because we spend all of our time looking at the natural world. We spend our time looking at what's happening. And it's hard not to. I mean, again, I told you, you're going to have to walk with us and you're going to hear me talk about these things. My way sometimes of processing is to just process out loud. And sometimes I process not, not the physical side of things. You know, somebody said to me this morning, I was walking in, they said, you're walking like you're tired. Yeah. Um, I, we are. I mean, first of all, I'm old. Second of all, we're going through stuff. And it's not just one stuff. It's like an Oreo cookie with a double stuff in it. Right? There's a lot of stuff in there. And we get to go through those things. So yeah, there are times where we don't know which end is up. 
And I know God has called me not to look at the natural. And I said, well, okay, but you don't understand. It's hard to drive and not look at the natural. Right? When you're busy and you have to go. I mean, we've got something every two hours every day. I mean, it's hurry up and wait. And then the kids go to school and the older one plays sports nonstop. And and my son had back surgery and can't drive. What an event that was. And we're just going through all these things. And God says, don't look at that. And I said, well, that's easy for you to say. And so whatever day it was over the last... Tracy and I have been gone from our own house for three weeks. It would be three weeks today. We left after service three weeks ago today. And so I preached and then we took off and we went to all the doctor's appointments. I went to all the doctor's appointments. I heard everything. Don't you love that? Don't look at the natural. And then everybody and their dog tells you something that's natural. And God says, don't look at the natural. I go, yeah, right, okay. I'll, I'll give that a whirl. And God spoke to me at some point in the last three weeks and I studied this out myself from Ezekiel chapter 47 for me. I thought, thank you, Lord, that's so good. And I came up with this little catchphrase. God isn't trying to help you understand the natural. And I didn't realize it was for all of us. But just imagine, a little over two years ago, our world was turned upside down by a pandemic that may or may not have been as pandemic-y as it actually was. By a political system that's full of corruption and and compromise and interesting things. And churches that didn't know where to stand, including this one. And God said, don't look at the natural. Easy for you to say. He said, I'm not trying to show you how the natural works. I'm going, okay, what are you trying to show? He says, I'm trying to show you how the spirit works. And so over the next several weeks, I'm going to show that to you. I'm going to take you to, to, the, to the parable of the sower, and I'm going to show you that the natural is not the focus. Amen. Verse number one, are you ready? Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from underneath the threshold of the temple towards the east. Now let me give you some context. Jerusalem is basically north and west, if I'm doing this right, from the Dead Sea. The reason the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea is because nothing lives there. It's clear, full of salt. Evidently, you can hop in there, fat as a toad, and float. Okay? I mean, it, you, it's, it's, it's high-density salt. You can, you can float in there. It'll dry your skin up like nobody's business, evidently. So here's the deal. North and west means that when this gets to start talking to us and it flows to the east, that God is going to do something that does not exist naturally. Doesn't exist naturally. And, and if I'd have had time and known that God was going to ask me to do this, we'd have put a map up there and I'd have showed you there technically isn't a river that flows from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea. And yet, prophetically, God's not trying to help us understand how this works naturally. He's trying to show us something spiritually. And I think you're going to get it. He said in verse number 2, verse number 1, um, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. Again, this is in a big context. I apologize for taking it in the middle of the story. There was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. So out from underneath the temple was water 
flowing water. From the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate that faces east and that there was water. So he took him out a gate in essentially the opposite direction of where they were going to go. They came out up here and they walked around to get to the eastern, southeastern gate where this water is flowing. God's not trying to help us understand the natural. But he keeps using natural things. He says, well, I went north. The point in all of this is that as you look around, the only place that God's trying to teach you something is when you touch what he's talking about spiritually. He says, well, I want to go north. Well, good luck with that. That isn't what he's talking about. I want to go stand in the water that's on the east. It's not really what he's talking about. He's relating to us spiritual principles that will absolutely transform our life if we can take our, our, our eyes off of the north, south, east, and west stuff. Out of this water that's flowing. And listen, unless you've broken a pipe, there's not water that flows out from underneath your house. This is not natural. It's spiritual. He brought me to the north gate and led me around the outside, the outer gate, that way faces east, and there was water running out the right side. Very specific stuff. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, now think of this, he goes from the gate where the water is flowing and he walks in the flow of water 1,000 cubits, 1,500 feet, give or take. Okay? He went 1,000 cubits. You say, man, he's going all this time to tell us all this technical stuff. He's not trying to get you to understand the natural. See, the details here are for you to start to understand. Now, here's, let me help you with the spirit. The further away from the temple, which represents the presence of God, the further away that you walk in the water, the deeper the water of the spirit gets. Most of us want to walk to the temple. But the further you walk away from that, the deeper the water gets. Isn't that interesting? Here's why it's interesting. You think the help comes from the temple. The help comes from the water. The Holy Spirit. That's what Tracy was talking about. I thought she was going to steal my thunder for a second. She said to me back there, she said, I just have one scripture to share. Well, take a seat. This is going to take a while. She only shared one scripture. And when her phone went off, she, she didn't have the time. And she, I could tell you were, she looked down, her phone's off, she touches the screen, it doesn't come back up. She, and I, I could just, I could hear it because I think I know. My wife and I have been married 46 years yesterday. I'm pretty sure I'd still marry her today, and I think she's pretty sure she'd still marry me today. It's a good day, Scooter. The water is the issue. Water is coming from where it's not supposed to come. It's not natural, right? So out of the presence of God, the temple, water flows. And the further away from that you get, the deeper the water gets. You have to depend upon the water. How many of you know, if you step in, let's just read it. When the man went outside, he measured a thousand cubes. He brought me through the waters. They walk in the water. Came up to my ankles. 
How many of you recognize that that water isn't going to have a lot of function against you if it's only ankle deep? You can put up with the pressure of the water. He's not trying to tell you how to deal with natural things. He says, listen, you get a thousand feet out there and you're in ankle deep water and you think you've, you've arrived. The water has no effect on you. The issue here is understanding the spirituality that he's trying to teach. Let's keep reading. He brought me through the waters. Water came up to my ankles, verse 4. He measured another 1,000 cubits. So now we're 3,000 feet, give or take, away from the presence of God represented in the temple, and the water is flowing. Notice what else it says. Water came up to my knees. Oh, good. Now it's knee deep. How many of you have ever been in a flowing river knee deep? You can still stand. In fact, you'll find yourself... When you can stand in the water, you'll find yourself, are you ready? It's spiritual. You'll find yourself resisting the water. <laughs> Come on, how many ever got it in one of those ice cold, you know, mountain rivers? And you're standing in that thing and it's coming up this high. And you say, I'm, I'm resisting the water. I'm getting out of here. I'm hitting you in the knees. It's barely moving you. You're resisting the water. See, he's not trying to teach you how to do things naturally. He's trying to teach you how to abandon yourself to the flow of the water. Huh. See, well, what do we do? Well, we're 3,000 feet out there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Yeah, you can leave that up. I don't care. It looks good. Verse 5. He measured again another 1,000. So now we're 4,500 feet, almost a mile from the temple, but it's not about the mile. It's about the depth of the water and the effect the water has on you. Notice he didn't say anything when he's standing ankle deep. He doesn't say anything when he's standing knee deep. He doesn't say anything when he's standing, in this case, he's standing waist deep. The water's flowing. He made a big point out of it flowing, but it doesn't exist. There's no natural way for us to go, oh, yeah, right. Someday that river is really going to flow right there. It's not, he's trying, not trying to help you understand the natural stuff. So we went out 3,000 feet, 4,500 feet. He measured another 1,000, 6,000 feet. And it was a river I could not cross. He's not trying to get you to understand the natural. What did he just point out to you? You have no power over the function of the river. And that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. He says, look what he says here. This is verse number five, uh, middle. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. Did you see it? It could not be crossed. If something can't be crossed, where are you going to get stuck? Okay, on one side of the river, there's dirt and a slope. On the other side of the river, there's dirt and a slope. If you can't cross it, where are you going to be stuck? In the middle, where you can't control the flow of the river. Come on, do all of you want to be in the flow of God? Okay, and is it scary when you lose control? I mean, the river, the river is taking you places that you weren't prepared to go. 
And he said, I got stuck. The minute your feet will no longer touch the, 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 the shore that's underneath the water, you're in deep soup. Because of my size, I last longer than most of you. I'm about six foot tall from the shoulders down. So some of you are already underwater. But when you get out there in the midst, see where you get stuck and the river starts to have an effect on you is when it's over your head. Do you know that when you're in over your head, it doesn't make any difference how deep the water is? I learned that this last three weeks. Doesn't make any difference how, dirty, how deep the water is. I'm in over my head. I'm believing for other people. I'm asking God to do things that are outside the realm of the natural. He's not trying to get us to understand the natural. Well, God, I know that people get stuff and <coughs> doctors don't have any solutions and this can't happen, that can't. I'm not asking Jesus to explain to me the natural. I want the water to get so deep that the only option I have is to go with its flow. You should want that too. You say, no, <laughs> you're really going to love next week. I mean, to tell, when I start talking about you through the illusion of control that we all want, man, I want control. Do you want control? How many of you want control? Now, don't raise your hands because your kids might be sitting by you. How many of you want control over your children? How many of you recognize that at some point they get, an old, they get old enough to look at you funny? Like, I ain't doing it your way, mom and dad. And they grow up. And they go to the wrong church. Dear God, what were they thinking there? They hang out with the wrong kind of people. Democrats. Our, wor <laughs> Our world is polarized because of the illusion of control. Half of the world seems wrong. Half of America seems wrong to the other half. It don't make any difference which half you're on. The world, as we know it, is polarized because of control. When you get in the river, the river takes you. You don't get a choice. <laughs> the only choice you have is when your feet stop touching the dirt. And then you say, okay, it's like sink or swim now, baby. Right? I mean, you're in. You say, well, I can't swim. It's not about the natural. You do not have to know how to swim naturally to be in deep water spiritually. You have to understand that you don't need breath to breathe the water of God. It's not natural. It's spiritual. You're missing all of this because you think, well, uh, but you don't understand, Pastor. We've got to have the right people in office and we've got to do these things and we've got to pass these laws. Got... God is not going to help you understand the natural. He's going to help you understand the spiritual. And if you'll submit yourself to that, the river will literally take you away. And you go, wait a minute. You mean it'll take me away and I won't have any control? Yeah. Yeah. Look at this, verse number five. Again, he measured a thousand, could not cross. The water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. River that cannot be crossed. How many of you know that if you're in that water and it's that deep, you get to go where the water takes you? Right? Okay, <laughs> so when the water takes you somewhere, if you, we used to tube down the Frenchman Creek in Juanita. When they would let water out of the, the lake at Enders, 
it would flow six or eight feet deep at a pretty good click. And so we'd pump up inner tubes. We would jump off of a railroad crossing. Come on, you don't think that's a good idea, right? <laughs> I led our church. I said, come on, let's go. And we all got up on the railroad crossing. It's 10, 15 feet from the river. We, we put the inner tubes over our backside, kind of bent over like this, and whoo-hoo, and we jumped off into the water with a bam like that. That was a good idea to that pastor. And the river took us two and a half miles. All we had to do was sit in the tube. Except when a curve in the river came. And then you have a choice to make. Because the river will naturally run you into the bank and give you an opportunity to get out if you don't steer your inner tube. The number of people who got, you know, you never know what's, right? It's dirty water and you don't know what's in there. And so it was always my goal as this pastor. I'm much more mature now. And so I would say to all the teenagers, I'll talk to the teenagers, go, you know, water's really flowing. You never know. I mean, that water could have washed all kinds of snakes. The snakes are swimming underneath your tube. And then we would pull cottontails and, and we would break them off. We, they look like those long grenades that you see in them Second World War deals. And so I would sneak around and pull them things down and I'd, I'd say, incoming! And I'd throw one of them things trying to hit one of the teenagers. I thought that was a good idea. But every time they got scared and the river would turn, some of them would be, end up on the bank and they'd go, I'm not getting out. I'm done. The pastor's throwing stuff at me and the river is kind of just, just, the river's just taking me. And in the river is all kinds of stuff. Like, like land-based sharks. Right? They, like, they, get, they get rehydrated when it comes out of the lake. There's enough water there that they come back to life. <laughs> I thought that was a good idea. <coughs> and the noises. You know there's noises, right? Frogs make really interesting noises. And if you see one, and when they make that noise, they got this pouch of skin down here. They look like an old person that breathes through their mouth. I said, oh, listen to that. And of course, they don't know what it is. And all you can see are these two little beady eyes. And this thing under their throat going. They're poisonous frogs. Poisonous. Stay away. They'll get you. Yeah, this pastor thought that was a good idea. Because you see, the unknown in the water, he's not trying to get you to, to understand the natural. But how many of you know, if God's going to take you in his flow of water, you don't get to end up where you might want to end up. And everything that makes noise and is in the water seems like it could hurt you, even though God is in control of the water. It's just interesting. You are all in a water-filled life right now. And let me tell you where it ends. It ends with your last breath on this earth and your first breath in his presence. And yet we're fearful of the river. Isn't that interesting? If you read on in this story... They're in control. And he says, everywhere this river goes, there's life. 
There's no life in the Dead Sea. In fact, this scripture tells us that this river goes to the Dead Sea and makes the Dead Sea alive. And it's brimming with the same kind of fish. And he's not trying to get us to understand the natural. He's saying the water of God will flow around a path that God chooses. And every place it goes, it takes life. Every place it goes, it takes life. And where it ends up, it creates life. It ends up at a place called Dead Sea. Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> he said to me, look at verse 6, are you ready? Son of man, have you seen this? What do you ask him? What do you see? Well, I see a river that I don't have control over. Yep. You don't have control over it. The flow of God is going to take you. You say, I'm not sure I want that. Let me show you what the other option is. Skip down, if you would, please, to verse number 11. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed. Now, I'm going to have to use some natural things to get you to understand this. But when the river flows and makes natural turns, where it used to flow becomes a marsh or a swamp. Are you tracking with me? So when the river turns, when the flow of God turns, where the flow used to go becomes useless. When the way that we used to do things seems like they don't work anymore, it's because the flow of God changed. And we missed it and we stayed in the swamp. And God said, I'm not healing that. Now, without being too graphic today, can I just point out to you that what I'm talking about is happening in today's spiritual climate right now. The swamps, the marshes that used to be what God was doing are not going to be healed by what God is doing now. He's not trying to get you to understand the natural. He's saying, well, I know why that they're dying. No, you don't. You think they're dying because of their opinions. They're dying because they didn't follow God. See, natural understanding says, if you're, sorry, just hang with me. Are you ready? If you're going to ordain homosexuals to be in ministry, God might remove his lampstand. Oh, it makes perfect sense to us. Only when we say those things, we force feed the seed of God to people who are unwilling to receive it. And they feel like the church is condemning them. And it became personal and fleshly and natural. And God's not trying to teach us how to understand the natural. You say, well, pastor, what are we going to do? We're going to continue to love and stay in the out of control center of the river flow of God. It's not about, well, is that going to leave some people behind? Well, encourage them to get in the boat with you in the middle. Right? You say, well, I don't know if I can do that because I don't want them. Uh Oh, you don't get to control that. See, this river goes where God wants it to go. And he uses these natural things, which has never had water there before, and he uses it from this place to this place. Notice what it says. Let's just keep reading. 
It says in verse number, um, um, boy, I wish I could remember what version that was. One version in verse number 12 says that the, that, that, the, that the fishermen line up shoulder to shoulder to catch life out of this river. See, this thing brings life everywhere it goes. So my point in teaching this today and to try and get you to understand this and hopefully just keep attaching it to the weeks that are coming is that God is not trying to help us understand the natural world. See, he wasn't trying to show us a story about a natural temple with magic water that flows out. He's trying to get you to say, listen, the only terms that I can talk with you, remember the Old Testament people, they didn't have the Holy Spirit by, by, by full measure, right? Right? Okay, so <laughs> he used natural things. Jesus had that same problem. Jesus, in the parable of the sower, used natural things to excite their understanding of spiritual. And his point was not to teach them how natural things work. His point was to teach them how spiritual things work. Remember the third type of, of seed sowing along, among the thorns? <coughs> Excuse me. Remember the one among the thorns? It says these things happen and, and because of the cares of this world, it chokes out the fruitfulness. They were once fruitful. They were once fruitful. And now they're a marsh or a swamp. Why? Because they didn't stay with the flow of God. So my point in teaching this to you today is it's my, it's my perception, right? Perception that's only natural is eyesight. Perception that adds the spirit is discernment. That makes sense? Because now you're going to add the spirit of God to that and you go, oh, wait a minute. What am I seeing here? I'm not seeing the natural, right? I'm not seeing the sower sows the word. We still see seeds. He's not trying to show you about the seeds. He's trying to show you in that passage, and I'll teach you this next week, that the soil has an effect on the seed. Isn't that interesting? The seed's still, still, still sown, right? The water's still flowing when it's ankle deep. We just have a choice to make. How far are we going to walk? Are we only going to walk to the distance that we can still control the force of the river? Because if you are, it'll be great for you, just short of what God has planned for you. Because there is an abandonment that comes with walking in the flow of God that you can never control. You say, well, I thought he gave us scripture. Do you understand that when he gives us scripture and gives us authority, the authority that we have is oftentimes limited by whoever receives it? Think about your children. Do you have authority over your children? Many of you still think you do. Right? Right up until they decide they're not going to do what you just said. And your authority then needs what? Enforcement. Yay. So now we're going to enforce this, right? How are we going to do that? Because we spent all our time understanding the natural, we're going to do that in natural ways. Come on, have you ever been in the grocery store and thought the kid you saw needed a good butt whipping? You're going to use natural stuff. I've helped counsel people who have kids that are challenging. You can't spank them into submission. You beat them. You say, well, by golly, I bet I could beat them. Nope, you'd be wrong about that. You could beat them, 
and you'd be abusing them. What do they need? They need a flow of God that's different than the one you're willing to follow. See, anytime you can control it, you say, well, yeah, but what will people think? You're already under the control of others. Because the water isn't deep enough to, to cause you to let go of your control. That makes sense? I wasn't going to teach this. Notice it says in verse number 9, It shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. Yay. Wherever the river goes. This is so encouraging to me because I don't feel alone in what we're going through. I don't. Not only do I have you guys, my wife, and my family, but I have God. He's always with me because the Word says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And for me, I have that gentle hand in the middle of my back. See, you think God's trying to pull you close. He's got his hand right in the middle of your back trying to push you into the flow of God's river until you're no longer in control. And I went, okay, God, but could we just slow down for just a sec? Nope, there's no slowing down this thing. Because everywhere the river goes, there's life. Make sense? Are you getting this? Because if I, if I take you on past this next week, I don't want you to be mad at me. Right? Because I am going to tell you that you don't have as much control as you think you do. You can say, well, I'm believing the Word. And the Word says you're supposed to be out of control. <laughs> you're, no, you're believing the part of the Word that you believe so that you can utilize it the way you want it to go so that you can get what you want out of your special scriptures. Won't that be fun? Are y'all with me? How many of you recognize the river of God in our society has changed in the last two years? Whoo, baby! And how many of you have caught yourself resisting the flow of the river? I have. Want to know why? Because I didn't get what I wanted. So I resisted the flow. Well, God's been educating me over the last couple of weeks. Actually, month and a half. You know, I told you this before I left. Before I knew what was going on in my life, in our life, I told you <clears throat> next week I'm going to teach on the illusion of control. You are, you, Larry remembered that. We talked about it when he brought food up. He said, I remember you saying that. Yeah, before I ever knew what I was going to go through, God's preparing me to stay in the middle of the river out of control. It has not been fun. You say, oh, pastor, don't worry. No, you don't understand. The river sometimes tosses you around a little bit. And you don't get to get off. Come on. If you have to swim, the only way for you to swim is to swim against the flow of God to get out. Good luck with that, by the way. Because it's not going to work. I already tried. Just take my word for it. I'm here to lead you. I tried to swim out. <laughs> Tracy and I had that conversation. We just said, you know, God, I don't know if we can do this and lead the church. Honestly. You know, when Craig Groeschel had his towel up there in Sunday school, he's getting ready to throw that thing in. Yeah, I've been there. Real recent. I don't know if we can do this. 
I don't know if we can do this. And then God assured me, you don't really have to do too much except stay in the middle of the river. Okay. Now guess what? I think we can do this. And I think we can lead you there. Yeah, some of you won't like it. See, you're all smiling at me now going, yeah, yay, let's go, Pastor. Wait, no, wait a minute. You may say God owns everything you have. Just wait till his river gets a hold of you. It's some scary stuff. Because there's stuff in the river that you don't know about. I'll tell you next week. Come on, music team. <laughs> I must, I must. I'd like to teach, just keep touching this, but let's just stop right there. We'll pick it up next week. I got more. <coughs> Excuse me. Stand with me, would you please? I know that what we're going through as a church has a lot to do with Tracy and I. I know that. We've been here a long time. God hadn't released us. You can release us if you think you need to. God hadn't released us. We think we've heard what God wants to do in the days and weeks and months and years to come. We're going to start walking that out, but it's going to require for you guys to understand that the river of God has changed a little bit. And we're going to have to stay in the middle of that flow. Because I want to tell you something. Everywhere that river goes, there's life. Every place else the river doesn't go is dying. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want there to be life. I want there to be, and again, he's not trying to teach us how to, how to fish here. I want there to be such an amazing amount of life that people are drawn to the life. See? When they said they're standing shoulder to shoulder, I, didn't, I wasn't going to teach this. and I'd already spent more time than I needed to, but they're standing shoulder to shoulder. That's because they know that there's life in the river. They're fishing. The river of God is absolutely surrounded by people who want life. They want life. They're fishing for the life. You say, you mean they're not the safe people? No, they're not. They're the, come on, he's not trying to teach you how to do natural things. Remember when he said to his own disciples, I'll teach you how to be fishers of men. It's a spiritual thing, not a natural thing. You're not going to catch fish. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for teaching us, for helping us. In the midst of all of this, Father, where there's not clarity, where it's just this spiritual idea, would you please ask us, do you see what I'm saying? Would you please lead us to the place where we're constantly adding the Spirit of God to our perception so our perception becomes discernment? We're able to see what you're doing. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com slash live, and you can watch Sermon Slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.